This is the 10 Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions based podcast diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 69 is brought to us by Blueberry Markets. Traders, looks like currencies are going to be a thing for a while. And if you didn't already know, I have a YouTube channel that shows you how to trade it. But you are going to need a broker, and choosing one is a big deal. Make sure that broker has your back. Blueberry Markets does. Number one in customer service. And if you go down below to the description and click my link, that takes you to the blog. The blog tells you everything you have to know. At the bottom of the blog, that's my affiliate link. You click that, you'll get twice the sign-up bonus you used to get in the past, and you'll get your own personal customer service representative. Just in case anything goes wrong or just in case there's anything you don't understand. Try getting that anywhere else. You can't. Now, this offer is only available to people outside of the United States, but if you're inside of the United States, I have a great broker for you as well. Click the link down below in the description that applies to you. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and it's time for a market update again, and I think we've kind of figured out by now that every time I do one of these, that means it's typically bad news. And once again, stocks in the S&P 500 were down quite a bit, 3% this week, and many will point to the fall of the British pound this week as the reason. Uh, could be, for all I know, but what I do know is those of you out there who trade Forex, which is a large part of my audience, uh, got to see something like this in real time. Uh, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it is a sight to see, is it not? Yeah, at first, I thought it might have been some type of flash crash, um, but then upon further review, I was like, no, this this is really happening. And out of the eight major currencies, we can all agree the pound historically has been a lot more stable than some other ones have. You know, it does have more volatility day to day. But it has also been something that we have not known to fall apart like that. Now, I did not really understand the magnitude of this um, until I really started looking at Twitter. And this was another tweet that I gave a heart to. And it said that the entire UK pension system was in danger of falling apart, like completely collapsing during this drop, if the UK had not stepped in and said, we're going to print money which Twitter also laughed at because how do you stop a currency from inflating like that? Print more of it? You know, it's really an unfortunate situation, uh, but at the same time, it should not come as a total surprise seeing the environment that we are in right now. And if you think this is the last domino to fall, I would say your timeline is way, way off. You know, I still think we're very early in the game. And I think when things like this happen, you know, the world finally has to take a step back and say, okay, this time it's probably for real. You know, we've gone a good 20, 30 years where every dip was a buying opportunity, no matter how bad it was made to look. But to use the old tired phrase, you know, this time it may actually be different. And I personally think it is. We had done so much damage during those last 20, 30 years, especially in the last three, that this overall correction is going to be very, very ugly. So if it is, and if it is also prolonged, like we've spoken about on this show, we are going to make money simply by playing defense and not losing everything we have. We have done this in the past six months by holding USD. Now that's great, but are there also ways during recessions and even depressions to where you can make money investing in an environment like this? You know, I think back when I said that this could actually take a long time, you know, people got a bit down. They're like, well, what I'm even listening to your podcast for? What am I going to invest in? There's nothing to invest in. We just got to wait it out, right? Well, not necessarily. 
we have history on our side here. Throughout every recession, there have been opportunities, and the same opportunities come knocking almost every single time. And we have touched on this in the past, but I wanted to give it its own dedicated episode so you can get the research part of the game started now and have the ability to pull the trigger before most people do. So there's a few opportunities that I want to talk about this week, and I'll tell you if I think they are good opportunities or not. Now, there is one that I just don't have enough data on yet. It's an interesting one. It's a pretty underground one. Um, But what I think I will do is save it for Thursday's blog. Yeah, I know some people get irritated when I foreshadow the blog or something else on the podcast. Uh, And my my response is twofold. One, get over it. This is every social media channel ever. If you ever start your own podcast, it is to your benefit to recommend other things that you do. Uh, But two, honestly, like I said, I just don't have enough data points on it yet. And it's certainly not going to be long enough to warrant its own podcast episode. So the blog it is. And I really hope that by then I will have enough for you. Uh, But moving on to the more obvious ones. I had said this a while back. And a big thanks to John Polony for this one. This is when I first discovered his podcast that I have not missed an episode since. But the number one thing that typically goes up in a recession, and actually does pretty well, is oil stocks. Now, there's going to be some of you out there that still shy away from this, because even though it is oil, it is still a stock, and you are used to seeing stocks fall no matter what. Uh, And I do understand that. In that initial drop that takes us into recession and possibly depression territory, yes, anything that's a stock is pretty much going to fall. However, what we're trying to do here is prepare for the long winter. Not the actual winter, the financial winter. And during that time, oil stocks have done very well. Now, if you still want to avoid anything that is a stock, okay. We have done a podcast here that shows you ways you can actually play the price of oil and nothing else. There are ETFs which allow you to do that. There's no need to go any deeper into that. You can simply go to episode 15 of the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast for any information you need on that. That information has not changed. Uh, But fair warning, you may not have a ton of time here. Remember, like I said last week, oil prices have been driven down because of the midterm elections in the United States. They are trying to buy votes, and it is somewhat working, believe it or not. And the way they've been doing this, as we've spoken about here as well, is by taking from our strategic oil reserves, like the stuff that we have to make sure people don't freeze. We have been draining that down to almost nothing just to get prices down to buy your vote. Mainstream media, of course, is not going to tell you this. It's pretty abhorrent, but what I think they will probably do if they're smart, and that's a big if, is they will drive the price down like they have and then simply refill the reserves at cheaper prices before those prices go back up. So if you see this start to happen then this is the official bat signal to get your ass on these oil ETFs because price is almost certainly going to go up again soon. But again, I don't want to give people a reason to hem and haw and sit on the fence. I would say if you're interested in going this route, the sooner you do it, the better. You know, if you sit there and try to time the bottom, I think you know by now how that's probably going to work out. Now, one of the things John Palmy also said is... We have a huge deficit right now in tankers. 
that are able to take oil from point A to point B. And he expects this to go up as well. Now this, if you go to episode 31 of the 10-Minute Contrarian podcast, talks about higher upside ways you can play oil in the actual oil stocks that we just spoke about before. And this is going to go under services, if I remember correctly. You're going to want to do a touch of research here and double check me on that, but if you're looking for ETFs, for example, if you're just looking for a sector to find your stock in, look under oil services for stuff like this. That's the classification they use. Now, I understand out of a lot of things we talk about on this podcast, oil for some reason is a lot less sexy than some of the other things, and I don't understand that. You know, there are some real opportunities here. Contrarians do not turn a blind eye to it. Now, I'm going a bit out of order here, but um, it wouldn't be a recent episode of this podcast if I didn't mention United States dollar. If anybody out there thinks they don't have access to the United States dollar, you are wrong. You absolutely do, especially through the blockchain. That's what's so great about it. And I do think the USD is going to continue to go up in a recession or a depression. I mean, how much more evidence do you need? And all of you have the ability to put your money into a dollar-backed stablecoin. I said before that I moved out of stablecoins and back into cash. That was a bit of a reactive measure on my end. And the things that I was mostly worried about really don't bother me as much as they did before. So I am moving back into stablecoins for diversity purposes. Maybe not as heavy as I was before. But if some type of banking collapse does happen out of this... I simply cannot have 100% of my United States dollars in banks. No, no, no. So I have been moving back into United States dollars. Now, some of you only have access to coins like USDT, which I was low on before. Let me give you an update here. I have upgraded USDT from a C to a B, and here's why. Now, with Tether, it was under a lot of scrutiny before for the things they held to back their stablecoin Back in 2017, 2018, I think they made a very smart move and they said, look, we don't have to do things this way. We can do things the complete legit way and still become billionaires. So over time, behind the scenes, I think they got rid of those suspect things that was backing their currency and had replaced them with legitimate things over time to bring us to where we are right now. Now, if they still had shady things backing USDT, then you could easily figure this out. You could take them to court, yada, yada. But it would be a lot harder to do if you were taking them to court for things they were holding back in 27, 2018. So there's a chance they just won't. So I'm a little bit more comfortable on Tether's future than I was before, for what it's worth. I'm not a financial advisor. Don't do anything I say. Now, of course, USDC is still my number one, but if you don't have access to something like that and you can only get your hands on something like Tether, I think it's okay. I mean, shoot for BUSD if you can, uh, but on your more pure decentralized platforms, you know, USDT is probably going to be there, and that's probably going to be your best way to go. Now, I know a lot of you out there who don't hold USD are being lazy, and you're like, well, I already pay for everything in my regular currency. Why would I do something like this? Well, because your currency goes down. And you are actually losing spending power. And it doesn't have to be this way. You can take what you make once you get your paycheck and separate your necessities from your extra money and take that extra money and put some of it in United States dollar. If you did this six months ago, back when I was telling everybody to, you'd be in a much better place right now. And because of the blockchain, you can easily switch it back and forth you know, within minutes. 
Uh, so this is a little more of like the silent alpha, but it is still something we need to talk about damn near every week. You know, I'm personally sick of talking about it, but I cannot let it rest. Now, as far as the rest of crypto goes, um, the Bitcoin bulls were getting a bit excited because Bitcoin was not tanking during this time. So what they think is going on is that people are moving into Bitcoin as a safety measure from all of these other things falling. I have read a handful of stories this week on this very phenomenon. But to those people, I would say, not so fast. It's nice that it's not falling, and it might look like it's starting to uncorrelate a bit, but I just don't think we're there yet. I need a bigger sample size. Two, I do not think people were flocking to Bitcoin because Bitcoin is not a place where people flock to just yet. It's the same thing over and over. Contrarians, we've seen it. When people panic, they go to cash. In this case, they go to the United States dollar. I mean, they have a choice, right? Either go into something that is stable and is going up all the time, or go into something that is super volatile. Like, why would you do that? Why would you move from fiat, or why would you not move from fiat into a safer fiat and go from fiat into an even more volatile asset? It just doesn't make sense. You have to understand, you know, there's individuals that might do this, but the big money's in the funds, and the funds are not going to move into extreme volatility in a crisis. <laughs> That's not how it works. You know, no matter what country you're in, you have fund managers in there. They have lots of money. These are the people we want. But they build their reputations on safety. And when there is a flight out of their home currency, they need to fly to something even more stable. And I'm sorry, kids, that's not Bitcoin. Maybe someday, but not now. Uh, but if it's not cash or a different currency over time, where do they go? You know, get ready to roll your eyes, but they go into gold. Gold was up close to 3% this week. And this is also something that has historically performed well during recessionary times. Now, nobody wants to go into it because, as I said before, you know everything Peter Schiff said was going to happen happened, except number go up. And it hasn't gone up. This has frustrated people to the point to where nobody wants gold anymore. Well, as we all know, you want to buy things when they are unloved. And for your casual investor, at least... You know, they don't see any reason to play gold in any way. But history tells us that's about to change. And if you do want to generate alpha during this time, as much as they have gotten destroyed, gold mining stocks are where you want to be. And prices are cheap. And like I had also said in a previous podcast, is this not a greatest hits episode of the truest kind or what? You don't have to take chances with the medium or smaller companies anymore. You can stick to the big boys in gold mining stocks and make a ton of money over this time. These bigger companies can absorb rising fuel costs. These bigger companies have already been through economic downturns in the past. These bigger companies do not need to raise money from anybody else. And so what you currently have here is an unloved sector with a lowered risk and a very high reward. As I said before, too, there are some gold mining companies that I have taken profit on and it came back down to hit my break-even stop loss. And there's some that never did hit my take profit level and I am down quite a bit on. You get to come in and swoop in on these things on the cheap and do a lot better than me. Now, I still think I'm going to do well and I'm going to dollar cost average into some of these. But if you're looking for a really great lowered risk, high reward play, during this time, 
you are going to have to go to places that a lot of people don't want to go. But again, this is the spirit of being a contrarian. A lot of you guys out there probably wish I would have endorsed crypto during this time because it is the more exciting upside play. But this episode is for the true contrarians, the ones who don't mind going to these completely unloved sectors and looking crazy in the process. Because although it might feel like it at the time, we know that we are not crazy. We are just early. 